Welcome, I'm Guy Hazelman, the host of MIM Cuts to the Chase. For our topic today, we'll discuss some of the unique benefits received from holding commercial real estate within a multi-asset portfolio. Our guest is Will Patterson, Head of Real Estate Research and Strategy at MetLife Investment Management. MIMS Real Estate Group manages $107 billion in commercial real estate and has over 200 investment professionals across numerous regional offices. Welcome, Will. Well, thank you, Guy, and thank you for having me. I'd like to start by establishing some context around commercial real estate equity as an investment. With that in mind, could you tell us about the historical performance of the asset class, say, over the last 20 years? I like choosing that time period because, as you know, it includes a few recessions as well as a global financial crisis of 2008. Uh, Yes, I can. So since 2000, despite the economic and market ups and downs that you mentioned, uh, real estate equity has delivered gross unlevered annual returns of 8.7% on average, according to tracking by the National Council of Real Estate Investment Fiduciaries. Bigger picture though, most types of risk-adjusted return analysis between real estate and other sectors, including analysis uh, we've completed internally using that same NACREP data, has indicated that real estate has had a pretty attractive relative value profile. Its relative value profile certainly looks good, but it looks to me that its historical absolute return performance or unit of risk hasn't been too shabby either. Is that what is attracting institutional investors? Is it that risk-adjusted return profile? Uh, it certainly doesn't hurt, but I think an equally and, and perhaps even more important consideration is the diversification that it brings to a multi-asset portfolio, with primary drivers being employment growth and the rate of inflation, whereas most other investment sectors are more closely tied to things like economic growth and corporate profits. So partially as a result of those factors, uh, we've estimated that commercial real estate returns have had a pretty low R-squared correlation with the stock market. Specifically, we've estimated it at about 0.2 or 0.1 over the last 20 years. And the correlation's actually been slightly negative when we compare commercial real estate returns with corporate bonds. I'm glad you brought up correlation. Uh, It's a much discussed topic recently given higher asset correlations with all the central bank accommodations since 2008. But now that they appear to be starting the process of removing accommodation, I think it's important uh, that you pointed out the low and negative correlations that you get from commercial real estate. I must admit that I am quite surprised how low those figures actually are. Another area of focus lately is inflation. Can you explain to me and our listeners how commercial real estate can act as an inflation hedge? Yes. Over time, we believe the value of commercial and residential real estate buildings have approximately tracked and actually slightly exceeded the rate of inflation. So the National Council of Real Estate Investment Fiduciaries, which which I mentioned earlier and goes by NACREF for short, has tracked commercial real estate prices going back to the 1970s. And that data set shows that the price of a building today is about the same as it was in the 1970s, adjusted only for the rate of inflation. 
one way to rationalize this inflation relationship relates to thinking about real estate as a function of what appraisers and underwriters called the cost to build approach to value. So developers considered new construction profitable when the market price of the building exceeds that cost to build. And when the inverse is true and the cost to build exceeds the market price, new construction slows. Over time, since the cost to build a building is closely tied to the rate of inflation, with the main factors being things like the cost of labor, the cost of concrete, the cost of steel, the rising or declining construction pipeline tends to cause the price of real estate to gravitate back towards that inflation-adjusted trend. From a portfolio construction point of view, I find the analysis that you gave about commercial real estate regarding the two things we we just talked about, correlation and inflation, to be particularly interesting for a multi-asset portfolio. The real estate market itself has many subcategories. So for these portfolios, are there other potential, let's call them diversification benefits that could be derived? Uh, The main diversification benefits are probably the items we talked about, such as being tied to inflation and being less tied to factors that other investment sectors rely on, like economic growth, uh, corporate profits, corporate tax rates. Beyond that, there can also be diversification within real estate, however, and and this comes from either property type diversification or geographic diversification. So commercial real estate includes many different property types. And just as a quick example, or, or at least a recent example, the office, retail, and hotel sectors generally struggled during the COVID-19 pandemic, while the apartment and warehouse sectors generally uh, did well and even benefited from it in, in many cases. A geographic diversification can also play a role as some cities have economies and labor forces that are uh, more or less correlated with each other. You know, the more I dig in here, the more I get the sense that real estate may be more complex than I or most people realize. That may be partially my fault. I got a little too detailed in my last response. But bigger picture, I don't think understanding that the asset class offers diversification is overly complicated. But evaluating it in an effective manner does probably require some expertise. One way we've tried to identify and evaluate the best geographic diversification benefits for the portfolios we manage was to create a regional office network so that we have real estate staff close to the investments we are considering and close to the investments we're managing, rather than housing all of our employees in a single headquarters location. Having people on the ground locally certainly makes sense to me. Before we sign off, I'd like to make one final comment, and that is with central banks, again, beginning to remove accommodation. I bring it up a second time because of what an important uh, impact that they've had on markets. And I thought your mention of inflation hedging and low correlation aspects of commercial real estate exposures were were very interesting, and they give our listeners something important to think about. And so I wanted to leave them with that as we sign off. Thank you, Will, for sharing those insights with us today. Appreciate having you. Well, thanks for saying that, Guy, and, and thank you for having me. It is not MetLife Investment Management's intention to provide, and you may not rely on this podcast as providing, a recommendation with respect to any particular investment strategy or investment. The information and opinions presented or contained in this podcast 
are provided as of the date it was published.